So, I spent years dilly-dallying. I did a few roles here and there. Nothing major because I was honestly just working to, to keep my mind young. I had worked very hard to be a mother and father to Masaba. So, I thought now that I was married. I should relax and enjoy my married life. So, I didn't even think of getting back to the grind. They don't write roles for actresses of my age anymore. I told Masaba time and again when she asked me when I planned to return to work full time. And it was true. While there isn't a dearth of roles for actresses once they get to a certain age, they only receive offers to play mothers, aunts, distant relatives, mostly small supporting roles, never the lead, almost never the second lead either. During this time, I acted in Lady Special, a show I'm proud of. In 2015, I received an offer to play the lead in a small budget film called The Threshold. The film was directed by Pushan Kriplani and shot in Tirthan Valley, Himachal Pradesh. The Threshold is not a title that suggests a whole lot of action, neither does a plot precise. This is a two-character film in which a wife decides to leave her husband after decades together. Yet, when you walk out of the threshold, you feel like you have seen something real and raw and honest. Attributes which aren't necessarily present in some of the more heralded Indian films of the festival. This was how the Mint launch described the film. And it's very pertinent. The film didn't get a great theatrical release, but it got good reviews at film festivals. It was a new and unique experience for Rajit Kapoor and I as actors because it was written during a grueling 10-day improv workshop that we did. The plot was there, so we were the cues for the storyline and the ending. But it was our interactions as actors and our personal experiences in life that inspired the writing of the final script. In short, the outline existed. Rajit and I added the ingredients with our own interpretations of the story, drawing heavily from our lives. The writer of the film, who was with us throughout these 10 days, took what we gave him and turned it into a beautiful script. The setting of the film, a house in Tirthan Valley, was beautiful and melancholic. It was shot in Pushan's very own family home. It was a small crew and we absolutely loved every minute of it. I found the house too cold, so I stayed in a guest house nearby called Trout House. We would start filming early every morning and wrap up early too. Once we packed up for the day, I would head back to Trout House to retire for the night. There was a quaint little cafe on this property, which was covered with a tin roof but open on all sides. I loved sitting here every evening and taking my meals. They had a small menu for us to pick from, but the food was really nice. 
Every evening, I would get back from shooting, order my meal and go upstairs to change into my night clothes. The temperatures would drop quite a bit in the evening, so I would bring along a shawl or a warm jacket. One evening, when I was passing through the cafe, someone called out to me. Hi, Nina, I heard him say. When I turned around, I saw a man whom I didn't recognize. He walked towards me and there was something familiar about him. I felt like I knew him but couldn't put my finger on it. Hello, I said politely. How are your parents and brother? He asked and that's when I realized who he was. It was Amlan, my first husband whom I hadn't seen in almost 20 years. Amlan, I shouted. How are you? What are you doing here? He told me he was a regular at Trout House. He loved to come here for trout fishing, something the area was famous for. I knew you were going to be here, he laughed. The room you are staying in is usually the one I request for every time I stay here. It's the best one in the house. But this time, when I called, they said, they couldn't give it to me because the actress Nina Gupta would be staying here. I laughed. Imagine that. I thought, what a crazy way to run into your ex. We spoke for a long time. It broke my heart to tell him that my parents and brother had all passed away. He had been very close to my brother while we were together and had the utmost respect for my parents. So it pained him to hear of that demise. We sat and talked for a long time that evening. It was like catching up with a very old friend and I really enjoyed his company. We had both grown older and wiser. But we talked just as easily we did in the old days. I told him about my life, work and my daughter. He told me that he was also happily married with a beautiful daughter of his own. The joy and ease with which we caught up made me appreciate the relationship we had shared. When you love someone in your past, those feelings evolve into great fondness even if there is no romance between you. I think I was lucky to have at least a few relationships that I still feel good about. Speaking to him reminded me of the young woman I had been back then. How driven I was. How passionate I was. I had known even then that I was meant for great things. Amlan also saw this in me when he agreed that we should split so I could pursue acting heart and soul. When I returned to Bombay and back to my old life, I was once again stuck by how much had changed over the years. I felt like I had enough in my life and yet something very important was missing. This cannot be the end of my career, I thought, quietly disappearing from the scene when I haven't even achieved half of what I want. I decided it was time to give it my all or die trying. You're listening to episode 22 of Sach Kahuto, an autobiography by Nina Gupta. Bloody Mary. Writing this book has been Therapeutic. It has given me the opportunity to look back on some of the best moments of my life. Reliving 
some of the painful moments hasn't been fun but it has given me a chance to reflect when i look back on my past i see a recurring theme nina gets shot down nina rises from the ashes nina overcomes her obstacles nina reaches great heights though still not as the star in a big movie nina falls from grace so much in my life has left me hurt disheartened and delusioned because of the recurring humiliations i have suffered first from raghav who called off our wedding and never gave me an explanation no matter how much i begged then from a director whose wife accused me of having an affair with him and i lost a lot of work because of that but nothing has broken me because if there's one thing i excel at it's picking up the pieces of my life and career mending myself and moving on the humiliation i suffered from star tv hurt me more than anything else but i moved on i had to move on i always move on but still i was so depressed from all i had been through i almost gave up on my career i wonder if things would have gone differently had i not retreated run and hid what if i had stormed in there thrown my weight around and said no i deserve better and if you cannot give me that at least give me a straight answer for why you are dismissing me with such malice sometimes in life you have to stand up for yourself and demand what you deserve if you are being treated unfairly you must at least call out your perpetrators and humiliate them for what they are doing this will help you in the years to come because you won't look back with regrets you will look back and feel proud that you didn't take the humiliation lying down that when you were pushed you were brave enough to push back this wisdom came to me very late in life and while it would have been more useful back then at least i know that i won't let this happen to me again that was a dark period in my life and it made me lose interest in everything but luckily something someone new came into my life who took my mind off those atrocities and the loss of interest that followed while still at star as the host of the indian chapter of the weakest link i was sent to london for a meeting with the original host annie robinson along with other host of the show from different countries it was a very interesting experience i was flying business class air india back to bombay i was sitting in an aisle seat like i always do when a gentleman came and occupied the window you like bloody marys he asked pointing to my drink once the flight had taken off i make excellent bloody marys the next 8 to 10 hours were amazing we drank bloody marys and exchanged story about our lives kids and work he recognized me from sars 
and knew who I was. He told me about his life as well. He was a chartered accountant based in Delhi, a senior partner at PwC. He often visited Bombay for business. He had been visiting family in England and had a stopover in Bombay for some work. He promoted his sister-in-law's painting on the side because she was a very good artist. And yes, he mentioned his wife and how they weren't in a very good place in their relationship. We haven't spoken to each other in over two months, he told me. I felt sorry for him. And we spoke about relationships for a while. We also discussed our kids at length. And I told him how much I wanted Masaba to finally go out and see the world. When we parted ways at the Bombay airport, he handed me his business card. We started to keep in touch from then on. The next nine years of my life would be spent solely focused on this man with whom I started an affair. We were very compatible. We had the same ideologies and wanted the same things from life. He was married, yes, but I realized they had their differences. Sometimes I wonder what I should teach my daughter. Do I teach her to settle down with a man, start a family, do the things I couldn't do because of the choices I made or should I tell her to work hard and focus on her career? I see all that my daughter has achieved at such a young age and feel proud. She is talented, hardworking, ambitious and a beautiful human being. Should I ask her to focus on her work or have children? I honestly don't know because it's something I am still figuring out at the age of 60. I see many women who love being stay-at-home wives and mothers. They love to nurture their children and take care of their parents and in-laws. But I also see women who give up very lucrative careers only to find out a bit too late that being a housewife is just not for them. I also see many who balance work and life as best as they can. Things have changed now. Men do help more in the house and with the kids. Such women have the support they need to achieve their goals and dreams, whatever those may be. But when I think about my journey as a mother, I often feel bad for Masaba because I don't think I gave her the kind of attention a child needs from a parent. I had no choice but to work hard and hire good help so that she was taken care of. The period my father lived with us also helped soothe my guilt. I want to ask my daughter countless times, what do you want from life? A career? Kids? Both. But I feel, in the end, regardless of what she chooses, the only thing that matters is that she has high self-esteem, that she loves herself and knows what she's worth, that she respects herself enough to not chase after people's acceptance. I'm not saying I won't make the same mistakes again, but at least I know that no matter what life throws at me, 
I am excellent at picking up the pieces and moving on.